Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lentz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. You can learn more about the program when you visit walkintruth.com. So this is the last Friday before Christmas. Do you have everything ready before you take time off? (laughs) Yeah, neither do we. But we do have today's program prepared. So please join us for the next half hour for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's Advent message in the book of Micah, chapter 5, called Hope Foreshadowed. Now, in the traditional things that we hear, and it's certainly possible, they found a home, the, the, home, uh, the leader of the home couldn't find a spot for them, so they went to the, the barn or the cave where the animals were. But scholars who are intrigued by the tower prophecy, and again, not everybody agrees, but I'm throwing this out for you as just a, something to think about. They think that maybe what happened is that on the outskirts of town, Joseph and Mary found their way to this tower. Think about it. Where little spotless lambs were born, wrapped in swaddling cloths to be sacrificed in the temple. And they had to be examined without spot and without blemish. Wouldn't it be just like God to do something just like that? Now, you might say, well, Pastor Michael, what is the evidence for the location of a tower such as this? Do we have anything that can give us some insight to back this up? I want you to turn to Genesis 35. I'm going to show you a few parallel passages. Genesis 35. So this is the chapter where uh, God renames Jacob to Israel. And uh, he's journeying along Genesis 35. We're going to pick up the account in verse 16. It says, then they journeyed, Genesis 35, 16, from Bethel. And when there was still some distance to go to Ephrath, that is uh, known as Bethlehem. It was Bethlehem, Ephrathah. Bethlehem means house of bread. Ephrathah means fruitful, and that has great significance to Jesus. Rachel began to give birth, and she suffered severe labor. Bible students, write down in your notes that Rachel was a shepherdess, uh, Genesis 29.9 say, says that she was a shepherdess. When she first met Jacob, Jacob was at a well, and she came with her father's flock. And Jacob, when he realized who she was, he was excited. Remember, he cries and says, we're family. Well, she came with the flock that day. She was a shepherdess. And Rachel's name actually means you lamb or a female sheep. So she came, and of course, they fell in love. And you guys probably know the story of Jacob and Rachel. He served uh, Uncle Laban uh, seven years. It seemed like, you know, nothing to him because he loved her so much. Well, now she's in severe labor. She had had some trouble with bearing children. And the, the labor was very severe, 17. And the midwife said to her, do not fear, for now you have another son. And it came about as her soul was departing, for she died. She died in childbirth. Note this, Bible students, when you die, your soul departs. The question is, where is it going to go? And if you know the Lord, your soul is going to go to be with the Lord, absent from the body, present with the Lord. So she died, that she named him. So as she's in her dying moment, she names the child, the son, Ben-Oni. Now, Ben is the name for son, and Oni means sorrow. So she names him, and it's appropriate, son of my sorrow. But his father, Jacob, called him ben What's the word? Uh, Benjamin or Benjamin, and that is son of my right hand. So 
Think of the prophecy with me. This is really interesting. Jesus in Isaiah 53.3 was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. That's a prophecy 700 years before he's born. He was known as a man of sorrows. But he dies for the sin of the world and rises. And where is he seated right now? At the right hand of the Father. You could look at Hebrews 1.3, Hebrews 12.2. Isn't it interesting? This son would be son of my sorrows and son of my right hand. And that's what Jesus is. He's at the right hand of the Father. He ever lives to intercede for us. Jacob set up a pillar over her grave. Today in Bethlehem, there is a, a monument where they believe this location is, and it is the tomb. That is the pillar of Rachel's grave to this day. That was a true in Micah's day, and it's true in our day. And then Israel, his new name, journeyed on and pitched his tent beyond what? The tower of Eder. That's Migdal Adair. That's that tower. And it's right near this area, verse 19, of Ephrath, or Bethlehem, probably on the outskirts of town. Somebody as prominent as Alfred Edershine, who wrote the book, The Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah, wrote it from a Jewish perspective, uh, talks about how he believes that this tower is the place where shepherds would watch over their flocks and he argues that these shepherds that get the angelic announcement in Luke 2 are probably these special shepherds. And that's why they know where to go to find Jesus. Now, they are told that the sign will be, you'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. That wasn't unusual. Babies were typically wrapped that way. But you'll also find him lying in a manger. Now, there's nothing in Luke 2, and I won't take you there, but I think you guys know the story that tells us that they gave directions to the shepherds or gave them a cell phone with GPS. But as uh, John the Beloved told me after first service, they had God positioning system, so that was good enough, and there was a star and everything. Uh, perhaps at that time, we'll, we don't know for sure. But anyway, the bottom line is they found their way. Could it be that these were temple shepherds who knew exactly where to go, and did they come upon this scene where the Lamb of God was born into the world wrapped in swaddling cloths in this location of the tower. Very interesting, isn't it? Intriguing. Something to just think about. Remember when Jesus is coming to the Jordan to be baptized, John the Baptist says, look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All throughout our Bibles, Jesus is identified as a lamb who dies in our place, who sheds his blood without spot or without blemish. Could that be the birthplace of Jesus? Perhaps. Some of you have been to Bethlehem and you've gone to the church of the nativity and you waited in line to get down to that little place and it's very ornate and there's a little hole and they think that's where Jesus was born and there's people in line pushing and shoving. Uh, so you're like, chill out, people. We're not, we don't know for sure, but... There is a, 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 another photo I wanted to show you. It's the Church of the Shepherds in Bethlehem. We went into this location our last trip. And uh, what was so cool about this, uh, it's, so we know we're in the right area. But you go into this church and the acoustics are phenomenal. And we met other Christians from all over the world. And we all just started singing uh, hymns. And the voices were rising up. And it was one of the most beautiful moments that we had on that trip was that worship that took place in that little church there in the area of Bethlehem. Could it be that Jesus was born in the tower 
uh, of the flock, Megdel Adair. I'll let you chew on that, but there are folks who believe that there's some good evidence, at least to strongly consider that Jesus was born there. And I said I was going to show you two prophecies. We'll have to move quickly. The, the second one is also in Micah, and it's in Micah 5, verse 2. And this is a prophecy that I think we've all heard before, but we'll go there and read it. It says, But as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. One scholar I read this week said uh, that Bethlehem was not even named or counted or divided up when Joshua divided the land. Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth, some versions say, are from old or from long ago, from the days of eternity. Who is this one who would be born in Bethlehem and giving light in a very dark time for the nation of Israel, a very dark time when he uh, arrived on the scene? His origins are from uh, the days of eternity. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us, and we beheld His glory. The one who was born on that Bethlehem night is Emmanuel, God with us in the exact location 700 years before it ever happened that he was supposed to come into the world with signs and angelic singing and hope entering into our dark world. Imagine if it didn't happen. Imagine if Jesus never came. I would be with the philosophers who study, uh, you know, all this philosophy and all this worldview stuff and decide that life is just a dirty trick. I think it was Ernest Hemingway, if I'm not mistaken, who said life is a dirty trick because we come into this world and we're born and we live and we die and there's nothing but death ahead of us and we leave our stuff to somebody else and it just continues to recycle and happen over and over again. If that is the end of man, then lots of luck, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. But the Christmas story says no. And it echoes through the corridors of time from the time of Micah to the time of today that Jesus Christ came to save sinners, among whom I am the foremost of all. Amen? These prophecies were written to a nation at a dark time, a nation that had moved its heart away from God. And today, you know, I open the sermon by telling you, I look at America, I look at my own heart, and I have to ask the question, Lord, what would you say to us today? And it could be something very similar to the time of Micah and to the time of Isaiah that we don't take for granted, that we don't ignore God, that we don't push him out of the public square and especially push him out of the church. Anybody out there? You see, the Ancient of Days was clothed in human flesh because God so loves us. He made us in his image. And he came to a little town, a nowhere town called Bethlehem. The town where David was anointed. The town where we have the setting of the book of Ruth, where we have a king anointed, where we have the idea of a kinsman redeemer. And here comes the savior and the king of the world. In a place, Bet, Bethlehem is house of, B-E-T is house, and Lachem in Hebrew is bread. 
the bread of life was born in the house of bread. Better than Wonder Bread. Hello, I'm Anna from Corona, California. You're listening to Walk in Truth. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text "step closer" as one word to 33222. Again, that's step closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text step closer as one word to 33222. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. What would you say to us today? And it could be something very similar to the time of Micah and to the time of Isaiah. That we don't take for granted, that we don't ignore God, that we don't push him out of the public square and especially push him out of the church. Anybody out there? You see, the Ancient of Days was clothed in human flesh because God so loves us. He made us in his image. And he came to a little town, a nowhere town called Bethlehem. The town where David was anointed. The town where we have the setting of the book of Ruth. Where we have a king anointed. Where we have the idea of a kinsman redeemer. And here comes the savior and the king of the world. In a place, Bet, Bethlehem is house of, B-E-T is house. And Lachem in Hebrew is bread. The bread of life was born in the house of bread. Better than wonder bread. The bread of life is born in a place identified as Afratha, which means fruitful. He is the fruitful one. Anybody connected to the vine will be fruitful. For apart from me, you can do nada. This is the story of Christmas. And it is not just a nice little story that we tell once a year and the Christmas carols start at the first part of December and we go to the store and we're kind of reminded and, and, you know, we argue about whether we should say Merry Christmas or Happy Holy Days. And, And then, no, it's about our souls. It's about our hearts. It's about saying, Lord, each time I come to a major marker of biblical history, each time... There's an opportunity to look at your first coming and anticipate your second coming. It should change my values. It should change the way I live. It should change the way I think about what I do in my integrity, in my character. Because the bread of life has come. And he is, the passage goes on to say, 
This one will be our shalom. This one will be our peace. You're not going to find peace outside of him. You're not going to find true joy outside of him. You're not going to find true hope outside of him. But in him, you're going to find true joy, true shalom, peace, and true hope. The Bible says Jesus Christ is our hope. And that hope is my anchor. In the good times and the bad times, the times that I don't understand, the times that confuse me, the times when I look around and even look at my own heart and say, oh Lord, help me. And so this prophecy went forth. And remember, when the wise men were coming into town later after Jesus had been born, they were saying, hey, where's the king of the Jews? We've come to worship him. And Herod had to ask the religious experts, hey, where, where's he supposed to be born? And so they quoted from Micah 5.2 and Micah 5.4. You, you can just write down if you're taking notes. You can look at this in Matthew 2, 6 through 8, the other birth narrative besides Luke 2. And they say, oh, we found the place. It's in Micah. It's Bethlehem Ephrathah. And he'll be the ruler in Israel. And they quote the prophecy. Did they get up to go look? Is there any record that the religious experts went to look for him? Nope. You know who went to look for him? Foreigners who came from the east probably ended up uh, you know, understanding the star and had a heart for it because of the influence of Daniel, which happened as a result of God's discipline in the Babylonian captivity because God works all things together for good. That's who he is. And so they come. And the religious experts don't seem to get up and go try to look for him. Herod just says, when you find him, come back. And because I want to worship him too. And just, you could just yell at your Bible there, liar, liar, pants on fire. Herod did not want to worship him. He wanted to kill him. And when he figured out that he'd been tricked by the Magi who had been warned to go another way, he put an edict out. And you know what it was. It's recorded in Matthew 2, 13 through 23. All the babies, all the male children, two years old and under, from the time he ascertained with the star and everything, were to be killed in Bethlehem. And do you know that when the Bible records that, it records the idea of Rachel weeping for her children, and she won't be consoled. Here's what the Bible says, because they are no more. Rachel becomes a picture of this shepherdess, this mother of the sheep, the mother of Israel, the matriarch of Israel, Jacob, like the father. And that's why Rachel's pictured here weeping. And it's a quotation from Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. He kept warning the nation, turn around. He said, the, the word of God is like fire in my bones. I've got to speak it out. And the nation wouldn't listen to him. And Rachel is pictured as weeping. But you know what? Right in that section, what's amazing to me is the hope of the coming Messiah is there as well in the book of Jeremiah. He's the branch from the root of David. He's going to come to rescue us. And he even says to the captive people of that day, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. That was spoke to that generation. And yeah, it was spoke to them, but you know, there's application to us. God has good and precious promises for all who will put their hope in the little baby born on that Bethlehem night who grew to be that man, amen? People are okay with the baby. People don't always like what the man had to say. But he said, I am the way, 
the truth and the life. He said, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He said, my sheep, they know my voice and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for the hope of Christmas. We're about to come to the table of the Lord for communion. We think about the lamb that was pierced, his blood that was shed, his life that was given, the fact that he endured your judgment for us. He endured our shame. He was like a lamb led to the slaughter. He was sinless without spot or blemish. And he went to that cross. Thank you, Jesus, for going to that cross for me. Paul said, he so loved me. He gave himself for me. Thank you, Lord, that the story doesn't end at the cross. There's an empty tomb. There's a, a high priest at the right hand of the Father ever living to intercede for his sheep, for his people. We know you're going to guide us all the way home. Help us, as First Peter says, to return to the shepherd and guardian of our souls. Thank you for these great pictures in Scripture of a lamb and a shepherd they capture who you are, how you lead us, what it means to us that you are our God, our shepherd, our king, and our hope. And we know you're coming again. A second advent is coming. We look forward to that day. We want to live in light of that day. We want to live in the hope of that day. And I pray, Lord, that you would refresh your people with hope. If you've not met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you keep your head and heart bowed? You can make a decision to make him your king, your Lord, your savior, but you've got to decide to repent of your sin and trust him. And if today's your day, it's something this simple. Jesus, thank you for coming into this world. Thank you for dying on that cross as the lamb of God. Thank you for defeating death. Thank you for rising from the dead, I believe. I turn from my sins and I place my full trust in you for my salvation. I want to follow you. Would you please forgive me? Renew me by your spirit and help me to follow you. If you're a prodigal and you've been away, other things have just kind of drowned out God's voice in your heart. Ask him to refresh your faith. Tell him you want to come home today. And Father, for this precious congregation, fighting the good fight of faith, trying to walk with you, in all that surrounds us in this crazy world. Keep them strong. Keep them courageous. Keep us all leaning into you. May we renew our strength as we wait upon the Lord. We hope in the Lord. May we mount up with wings like eagles. May we experience the refreshment of the hope, the filling of the Spirit, all that you want to do in our lives, Lord. We are excited about this Christmas season and we Look forward to what you will do in each of our hearts and families. In Jesus' name. You're listening to Walk in Truth, and this was part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's Advent teaching in Micah chapter five called Hope Foreshadowed. This was a three-part teaching, and if you missed any part of it, you can listen for free on walkintruth.com, or you can find the Walk in Truth podcast on apps like iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Music, and many more. Just search Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app today. Now, here's Pastor Michael. 
Well, as we've looked at this exciting prophecy in Micah about the birthplace of the Messiah, Bethlehem, we're reminded that Bethlehem means house of bread, and Jesus is the bread of life. It's Bethlehem Ephratha, that means fruitful. And if you want to have a fruitful life, you want to be nourished on what really matters and bear abundant abiding fruit. Man, the key is to know Jesus. Apart from him, we can do nothing, John 15 but with him, connected to him, we can do all things and so much more. What a beautiful prophecy in the book of Micah. So glad you're listening to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and I would love to invite you out to a special Christmas Eve service at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. That's where I serve as senior pastor, and that's the great church behind Walk in Truth. And we have a special single Christmas Eve service, 5.30 p.m., On Christmas Eve, the 24th of December, we'd love for you and your family to come on out. We're going to do some special Christmas worship. I'll be preaching on Matthew chapter 1, tying it into Isaiah chapter 7. We'll have some candlelight and some beautiful focus on the real meaning of the season. Jesus Christ, our Savior, has arrived. Wonderful to celebrate this. We invite you out. You can get information and directions to Living Truth and Corona by downloading the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Do it today. Look for the red logo with the pillars. And uh, you can also check out walkintruth.com to find out information about the church and the service times. We'd love to have you. I would love to meet you on that special night. Come on out. We'll look forward to seeing you then. Have a very blessed and merry Christmas. Tune in Monday because we will continue the Christmas theme by airing a message from Pastor Michael called Emmanuel. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. As always, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.